0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast.
1: Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional
0: owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on.
1: Hello and welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm Mia Friedman and this is a mini-series that we are doing. Me and Paula Joy, who has written a book called The Glow Up, which is all about skin. We are diving into all your most vexing questions about skincare and how to get more glowy. You
0: want to glow up. You are about to experience a glow up year. The glow is real. Hello.
1: You and I met over a lipstick. No, we didn't actually. That's not true. We met over a hair switch. Over when shoes. You, you, well, we already met before that. We met oh. going to a party. You were wearing a beautiful hairpiece in your hair with a long blonde ponytail. <laughs> we then ended up working at Cleo together. I was a beauty editor and so were you. A lot of people are curious about your career and how you got to where you are now and what it was like to be a beauty editor. And why is it that so many editors, including you and I from those magazine times, started as beauty editors?
0: How did you get your start in Weren't beauty? Well we lucky. I got my start in beauty working the front desk at a magazine called Mode Magazine, which became Harper's Bazaar. So I was photo editor and assistant to the editor. I'd gone to uni and then I'd done uni at night when I worked at Vogue and then I moved over to, I was still doing uni when I was at Vogue. And Mo. you did work experience at Vogue. Is it true that you once had to blow dry an editor's dog? I did work experience for a week at Vogue and then I got a job because I was lucky. A paid job. A paid job. Yeah, I got paid $12,000 a year. To blow dry the dog? That was my starting salary as Girl Friday, which is junior now, at Vogue. I earned less than I my age. What did you have to do? I was Anne Hathaway. I was the second assistant <gasps> to the editor in chief. I was the front desk in the beginning. So I'd be the fill-in for the actual proper receptionist. That must have been so exciting. So I was that. So I'd be like, Vogue, can you hold? Vogue, can you hold? And then the first assistant to the editor-in-chief really liked me, needed a second assistant, and I became that ultimately. Those were the days when magazine editors had multiple assistants. I love that. Plus there
1: was someone on the front
0: desk. Oh, and there was a tea lady and lunch came on a tray and the editor-in-chief and the publisher would sit together in a room with like like wine glasses and glasses. At, Vogue. at not Vogue. at Cleo. No, 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 at Vogue. I spent a lot of time in the fashion cupboards and where I really developed my love of beauty because the beauty director at the time, he was just the most glamorous, sort of incredible woman. She just really, really, really developed my love of skincare. How did you come to work at Cleo? You! I've forgotten. I was working at David Jones in the publicity department. You had borrowed some shoes for a shoot. I think you probably lost them. I did lose them, yeah, now I remember. And then I had to ring you about that and then we were just chatting and you were like, actually, hey. And I was like, oh, actually, hey. And I'd been at Mode slash Harper's Bazaar, which was where – The editor there, Deborah Thomas, was really great with me and let me write, remember, advertorials? She was both of our mentors, my first boss in magazines, yeah. Yeah, amazing mentor and she let me write advertorials. She also started as a beauty editor. Then Lisa Wilkinson put me through a lot of writing hoops. Those were the sort of heydays of beauty editors in terms
1: of Money spent by big beauty companies launching fragrances and doing all of those skincare launches. What are some of your memories of your years as a beauty editor and some of the extravagant things that you got to do?
0: I mean, the perfume launches were really out of control, crazy. Like met-level sort of standards in terms of the Met Gala. Yeah, just in terms of the spend. you'd know, you walk in and and it might be a perfume that was based on roses and you would walk into a planted field of roses where roses were falling from the sky and the drinks were made of rose and the desserts were made of rose and you were handed roses and then a rose diamond and then given some rose (laughs) shoes and then a rose cloud came down and you'd get on (laughs) that and that would take you to the second rose area (laughs) and the second rose area would be even more incredible than the first rose area. So, like, millions of dollars would be spent it on It was Willy Wonka. It yeah. was literally
1: Willy Wonka. To launch a perfume that they just wanted you to write about, which you had to write about anyway because they were advertising in your magazine, so yes. it was kind of a done deal. I
0: mean, it was so creative too, you know. It was just really, really sort of incredible creative sort of waste of money. I mean, I got flown to, like, overseas for the launch of, you know, a mascara of a moisturiser and it'd be like, here we are in the lavender field, here is the soil of the leaf of the thing that went in the bottle of here's the thing and then let's go and have 25,000 courses in the sky that will replicate the temperature of the... And it was really that nuts.
1: One of the things that I remember most fondly about my years as a beauty editor, and this is why in a way it was such a great training ground for editors, because you have to be able to write words, but you have to also be able to shoot and think visually. Plus you're dealing with advertisers. So you become aware of the commercial side of the business Mm -hmm. and you're also the face in many ways because
0: the editor's back in the office and you're out representing the magazine. You actually had to go to those launches. You actually had to be at those lunches. You had to attend those meetings and go out at night because the magazine relied more than 50% was from the beauty industry. What magazine did you become
1: an editor of first? Clio. And what other magazines did you edit and launch? Because you've worked and launched more magazines than anybody else in the Australian magazine industry. Well, that's only two.
0: I've never launched one. No, you're right. From nothing, I got to do Shop Teardrop, and I got to do Madison. How do you go about... Launching a magazine from a blank page. They were so different. They were completely polar opposite experiences. So I was still editing Clio full-time when I launched Shop till You Drop. Shop was going to be what we used to call a one-shot. So come out once a year and we'll just see how it goes. And what was Shop Till You Drop compared to all the
1: other magazines in the building where we worked?
0: It was creating a magazine that was angst-free. So you and I were Clio and Cosmo. It was angst heavy. You know, will I get married? Will he call? Just, am I in the right job? You know, mm. all of that. It was removing that and just making it about shoes and lipstick. Mm. So, creating a magazine that every woman of every age could read and read together, and was shoppable. So no right? sex and shoppable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Here are the sizes. This is where you can get it. I used to really hate it. Was a pet peeve of mine in fashion magazines when it would say from a selection which yeah. meant... Or model's own. Which, yeah, well,
1: what does it mean when it says model's own? You can't
0: get it. Yeah, and it's probably the stylist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I used to really hate that. So it was like let's make a functional democratic fashion magazine,
1: you know, for every woman. That you don't have to be rich because all the fashion magazines, that's why I never wanted to edit a fashion magazine because they were all just like a $4,000 jacket and that stuff never interested me as a consumer. No. So Shop Till Drop was democratic and just about... Putting things
0: together in fun ways. What about Madison? How did that happen? Madison was completely different. It was a play into a very lucrative advertising space in like the, the market.
1: A Cosmo Clio after. So when you graduate from Cosmo and Clio, yes. which was kind of young single girls in their 20s, this was the magazine sort of 30 plus.
0: Yes, where the L's and the Murray Claire's and the In Styles and, and the Vogue and the Bazaars to a degree sat. But still had interest in it, human interest in it. So it was a really, really incredible experience because I got to handpick a team of just excellent human beings and we had time to actually sit around and dream this thing up and think what do Australian women want It really suits my personality to make something and then it's gone and let's do it another one.
1: So, you left magazines when you could smell the change in the air Mm -hmm. and you started The Joy, which was Mm -hmm. a website Mm -hmm. and is now a newsletter called Mm -hmm. The Joy Report. The Joy Report. And for the last few years, you've been an extremely successful content creator and solo operator. What do you love most about you know not being in magazines anymore and now everything being
0: digital? I love the direct conversation of digital. I like the real timeness of digital. I like the tackiness of it and the scrappiness of it. You can fail and fail fast and move on. Nothing is very permanent. No, it's yeah. not permanent, which I really like, and it's true frontline.
1: That is excellent, and it's all we've got time for. But that was great. So many people ask me about your career and how you got
0: where you are. It's always pervy. I learned some new things just then. One time I'm going to come on here and interview you about your career. <sighs> Because if I had a dollar, I prefer asking the questions.
1: (laughs) It's more interesting. I know my story. Who's the control freak? (laughs) Um, If you have a question that you want us to answer on Beauty, any kind of expert, Lee Campbell might answer it, Paula might answer it, Kelly McCarron might answer it, email us at ubeauty at mamamia.com au, or slide into our DMs on Instagram. We're at at youbeautypodcast. The executive producer of this episode is Talissa Pizzazz. The producer is Cassie Merritt with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll put a link in the show notes to Paula's book, The Glow Up. I'll see you next time.